The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about this show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag humor and hashtag leadership. So today's title is Humor, Laughter, and Leadership, and we have Charlie McMahon, who's the Vice President of IT and Chief Technology Officer with Tulane University. Hey, Charlie, how are you? I'm well, Sanjog. Thanks for having me. Yeah, ready for some humor and laughter then, yeah? (laughs) All right, good. So we also have Sue Shade, who's the Chief Information Officer, University of Michigan Hospitals and Health Centers. How are you, Sue? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. This should be fun. I know. We are already looking forward to it. So now, the the reason we thought of uh, covering this topic is because, of course, we have busy lives. Uh, we have some seriousness built into the kind of work that we do. But frankly, life is not all about just you know putting ourselves to a grindstone and not looking back and not living a little. And at the same time, we also see that when we are laughing, when we have smile on our faces, we end up being more productive. We are more creative. We are more uh, in a camaraderie mode versus doing what we want to do ourselves. So all of those areas are very important for an organization if they have that as part of the DNA or the culture that they develop. But for some reason, majority of organizations have the serious tone about them, and we are hoping to have a discussion where we explore what is the best way to turn that around and have some humor and laughter at workplace, which will allow us to be better leaders and better workers. That said, Sue, let me ask you, of course, you know, you could talk about your organizations or organizations Mm -hmm. in general. What Mm -hmm. do you think is the state of humor in today's workplace? Well, it's probably not very good overall for most people. I think people are working harder than ever. Um, my experience is in healthcare IT, my entire professional career, and uh, really the rate of change is very fast and it's constant for both healthcare and technology. We deal with a lot of serious issues in terms of patient care, saving lives, uh, as well as in IT. Just this morning, I was looking at an audit report on security. Well, that's not a funny subject at all. Uh, very serious issues when you think about some of what uh, CIOs deal with right now. We also have a much more diverse workforce than when I started uh, in the, uh, my professional career many years ago. And there's a very necessary cautiousness, I think, about what's appropriate and acceptable humor, and we can get more into that. But I think it's finding the right balance between work and fun in the workplace. It's a challenge for all of us. But when you think about the fact that we spend more hours with colleagues at work, probably, than with our families each week, um, we've got to have some fun. And um, talking to some few, a few people here, 
um, prior to doing this, they all agreed that we need to work on it and have more fun. But I can get into, you know, later some of the stuff that we have done. Definitely. Thank you so much. Now, Charlie, <laughs> when somebody's driving into work, do you think most of them have a smile on their face and say, oh, man, I'm going to have a good time? Well, I tell you, it's a mixed bag. You know, we all have organizations, you know, departments within our, our companies that seem to have a, a heavy pall cast over them by their leadership. And we all have groups that you look at and say, man, I wish I worked in that on that team because they just mm. seem to enjoy each other and, and enjoy the work that they're doing. So, you know, that's a, that's a mixed bag. Uh, I think as leaders, and part of this discussion is about leadership, it's our responsibility to make sure that we have an environment that people enjoy, uh, uh, that, that they look forward to coming to work. Uh, and, and if you fail at that, if, if we as leaders fail at that, uh, then we've failed at, at our primary job of, of making our teams as productive as they can be. Uh, and humor plays a big part in that. So while, while we do realize that these are gaps and, and we would love to have this one happy family going about doing what they're supposed to do, then you've got a conflict or um, an issue or a seriousness if it is not maintained to the desired degree when somebody's working and they're not, uh, they're not just cracking jokes every second minute, then nothing will get done. So, Sue, when you look at this, is this more of a... Uh, a dilemma that we have created versus how a worker thinks today that if they have a smile on their face, they've cry cracking jokes every couple of minutes, they are really actually more engaged in what they're supposed to do. Do they really need to be, you know, a poker face when they're talking or, or doing the job? No, people don't need to have a poker face. Uh, I'm a serious person, and people think I'm a serious person. They don't necessarily think I'm funny, but when they get to know me, they know that I like to have fun and I can be funny. So I think that um, as leaders, we need to make sure that we're really uh, genuine and real and accessible to people, and we set that tone. Um, I, you know, some of the folks here that I talked to uh, prior to this said, you know, pretty much this is an organization that is serious, and leaders are not. You know, you, you have to be careful around leaders, um, but I think that once you start establishing uh, those relationships, which are critical, uh, that's where the humor and the fun can come in a little bit more. But, um, you know, you think about, you do want people to get up in the morning and want to go to the place that they work, do the kind of work that they do, work with the people they work with, um, and have a positive attitude about that. And that's the meaningfulness of the work, that's the environment they work in, um, which is where the fun and the humor can come in along with um, just what they're trying to get done. And, and uh, you know, for us, it's a mission-driven organization. So, you know, the passion for healthcare uh, and what we do and making a difference in people's lives uh, comes into play a lot. So, so this is interesting the way you responded to this question. You said that you are a person who enjoys fun, but people mm-hmm. have to get to know you before it will be revealed. <laughs> So as a leader, you think yeah. that you're at the top and somebody's coming in, they, they may find you, I'm not saying you in particular, but mm-hmm. anyone who has that demeanor, it is not perhaps that you're putting on that demeanor, it just becomes the nature because you may be preoccupied with thoughts, but to the other person, especially a developer, for example, would find that to be okay, so how do I get to know this person? She mm-hmm. seems like unapproachable. Mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, then it could be having its own challenges. Yeah. So I think, you know, I do a lot of, I've got a department of over 600 people um, and um, I have a lot of interaction, obviously, with the leadership team. We have a um, regular uh, twice a year all staff meeting where everybody sees me. I do a lot of writing and written, you know, written communication to people. So I try to get across a real open, uh, accessible, um, approachable style to people in all my interactions. Though, when you first meet me you, and see me in a meeting, you might think, wow, she's all work and serious. Um, so, you know, it's a mix. <laughs> it's a mix, and it, it's a conscious effort on my part to make sure that I, am, I have that very open, approachable uh, style with people. So um, yes, let, me, let me weigh in on this, this one also. I think this is, these, are, these are very important points for us as, as leaders. We do have to be taken seriously by not only our management, but by the people that work for us. So there is some um, natural, uh, I think, uh, inclination to, to um, act in that manner. That doesn't exclude uh, setting a tone in your organization where uh, having an enjoyable workplace uh, is, is prohibited. Uh, but I do think we just find ourselves as, as leaders in positions where uh, we have to make sure that the serious side of, of our business is reflected in, in our demeanors and the way we, uh, way we approach leadership of our, of our jobs. Uh, it's, you know, it, it goes hand in glove. It's not, um, uh, not something that we can walk away from. And, and, and Charlie, you, you are right on in terms of what expectations somebody else would have or perhaps you would have to wear, not as a mask, but more of a, as a demeanor for people to take you seriously, but perhaps because comics may not become the greatest leaders for specific and organizational setting. Now, that said, would you think your demeanor or your approach to how to get respect and get the job done somehow percolates throughout the organization and that converts everybody else who otherwise wanted to have humor once in a while or at least most of the time while being productive, they think maybe that's not an idea. You're almost like a parent giving your kids a signal that it is better to be serious than to have some fun. What well, do you think? So, so I'll, I'll say that, that what I observe in, in, um, in my environment is that People almost have to earn the right to be funny. You know, the, you, you, you have to be seen uh, as a serious person, recognized by your peers as being good at what you do, and that makes it much easier for you to inject humor into the workplace. And, and believe me, I think that humor is a necessary part of the workplace, particularly in IT when you know, you, you have uh, many times big projects, uh, unreasonable deadlines, uh, inadequate budgets, and, and sometimes if you just can't laugh at yourself, uh, if you can't, you know, kind of lighten the mood a little bit, uh, it can become uh, oppressive. But my observation is that those people that are most effective at using humor to help the organization achieve its goals are those people who are perceived as uh, having earned their stripes, so to speak, that they are uh, taken very seriously, uh, and that the fact that they're taken seriously gives them license uh, 
to uh, to lighten up a bit. So when you look at innovation, and when we have innovation and somebody makes mistakes and you try to develop a culture of innovation, you say, that's okay, because we are in that innovative culture, it's, you got some immunity. And, and that's going to get the benefits that people will try harder, they will try more creatively and produce results. Now bring that back to humor. When we say that, okay, you can laugh a little, I'm going to laugh a little when I do what I do, but then go ahead, Mr. Worker, go ahead and laugh a little. But then when they try to laugh and be themselves, then there is an unsaid or an implied uh, pullback thinking that, oh my God, I'm not sure if I, sh- I will be because I'm enjoying my life while working will be seen in the same light as if I was making mistakes in an innovation culture. So would you want to build a humor-based culture like you would want to develop innovation-based culture? Um, if I understand your question right, um, I think that the innovation-based culture, very important that people have an opportunity to experiment and, um, and to fail and to you know, start over. I think when it comes to humor... There may be issues relative to actually um, making a mistake with a joke, offending someone. It's not a start over kind of thing. So there's a delicacy with that. And I'm just going to pause and say that I uh, were a live show. Uh, the irony of this is that we took a power hit in my office building a few minutes ago. And uh, I did get cut off. The phone system is still coming back. I'm looking at my display on my phone, but I did flip over to my cell phone, and I'm hearing a little um, feedback on it. So hopefully the quality is okay for now. Um, the irony of this is just too much. This, a power hit like this has never happened. I'm looking out my window at a gorgeous sunny day. <laughs> all right. So so then, you know, you, you so made the most of it by, by laughing at the situation <laughs> versus getting all wound up, right? So, so you, okay. you kind of demonstrated what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. coming back to you, Charlie, when you are looking at the mm-hmm. organizations who have really used humor and fun in their culture to really take it to the next level of productivity, customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, profitability and growth. With all that happening, with that as a benchmark, are we missing something where you're not able to eat the cake and have it too, like those organizations did? Because there's a proof right there. Yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, each organization is going to develop with a a character of its own. It's, it's, it's each organization is unique, um, and I think you've got to find the right fit for for your environment. And that, I mean, that that's a reflection of the leadership that that happens above you, and the leadership that you project to the the teams that are working for you. Um, if we, you know, if we, if, so think of this as a continuum. Uh, if we swing too far to, to either side on this continuum, we probably are not doing the, the, the best balancing act that we can do. If we have a place that has no room for humor, uh, just a pressure cooker, that's not going to be a, a very healthy environment. And if, uh, on the other hand, if we allow things to become so frivolous that, uh, that we do take our eye off the ball, or something that uh, was alluded to earlier, if we use humor inappropriately, uh, that can be uh, divisive uh, in the organization, uh, then, we've, then we've allowed humor to become 
not a not a positive but a negative. And and I think I, I feel fairly strongly that humor in the workplace is one area that we really have to absolutely be what what people would term politically correct. We cannot Agreed. as leaders tolerate humor in the workforce that is done at the expense of another uh, group, class of people, or an individual. Those things will not be adding to the productivity uh, of your group. And 100% correct in terms of not, let, let this humor not impact someone adversely. But do you think that tone of caution I'd like to bring back that, and, and so this is a question for you. Like the way Charlie yes. responded, there is an inherent tone of caution. With mm-hmm. I'm not saying it is an implied distress, but do you think any worker out there would like to lose their job over a joke? Do you think they would not be watching, and they're, I'm sure they're all professionals and adults. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if you've done the right hiring, then we should let mm-hmm. it go. Uh, you know, when you say let it go... Um, we we cannot um, let people get over a cautiousness or a concern about this. Um, we need to, um, in you know, continually educate people from a diversity perspective. Uh, ensure that people are not making jokes at the expense of an individual or a group of people. And um, I think as leaders, we have to take that very seriously. Um, and I think in this um, current environment, you look at social media, what's out there, there's all sorts of pictures and quotes that people can be easily sharing and passing around. Um, people have to be very careful as professionals uh, what they say and do within the workforce, and I would, I would stand, stand by that. I don't think that means you have to be restrained or intimidated uh, in terms of fun and humor, but you have to be very careful. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. So, so let's explore what kind of culture would foster humor and laughter, what kind of leadership mindset would actually foster humor and laughter, which is safe, and, and how would it help in an organization? We know the obvious benefits, but in what way would you bring about uh, or, or develop such a culture? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. 
Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Charlie, let's let's look at the type of culture that we need to foster in order to have the humor and laughter. And, and I get the point um, about, you know, being cautious so that it doesn't go out of hand. So how do you develop that type of a culture where people are comfortable, but all along keeping in mind that they don't cross the line? Well, sure. That's a, a really kind of interesting question. Um, what I do is first, I, I pay attention to, uh, to diversity. We, we talk about this every, every week in my shop. Uh, we, we do um, succession planning. Uh, we, we are conscious about uh, demographics. We take special efforts as we're writing job descriptions to write them in a way that is uh, attracting the kind of people that we want. Uh, for example, attracting women in leadership positions. We found that if you say things like, um, you know, do whatever it takes, you, uh, you know, that, that kind of cowboy mentality, that <clears throat> that, that doesn't uh, resonate well with, uh, with women in general. If you use words that are more uh, team-building, collaborative, uh, you have more success. So by talking about those diversity issues, it, in my view, it makes it more unlikely that humor would be used in an inappropriate or offensive way uh, in the workplace. Uh, so I, I, you know, that's one of the things that I do pretty consistently. Also, I, I do use humor, and I use it deliberately. I hate to say this, I'm, I'm not spontaneous with, uh, with humor. I, I use it deliberately when I, when I feel the situation could benefit from a change in tone. And the way I use humor sets some expectations for the way my team uses humor. And then the final thing that I do is I make sure that my direct reports have regular opportunities to meet it as a group without me so that they can develop the, the relationships and the, the um, norms of behavior uh, amongst each other that, um, uh, that let them find their equilibrium. And, I, and I'll say it like this. So if, it's kind of like going to a church or a new church or a, maybe a faith different than yours. Uh, when you get into a service, you look around and you see the way people are behaving, and pretty soon you figure out how to, uh, how to behave in that environment without somebody having to give you a whole list of instructions. What I like to do is, is create an environment where people can look around and see examples of how to behave uh, so that you don't have to have a rule book that people uh, need to follow. Now, uh, based on can response I jump in from, on that? Yes, please go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at a couple things beforehand. Um, uh, I, I just want to reference. Uh, one of them was a Harvard Business Review article called Leading with Humor. Uh, a couple key points there talking about don't be afraid to chuckle or laugh at yourself. It signals that everything's okay. And the fact that laughter can be disarming in a difficult situation and you can poke fun at the stuff that everyone's worried about to kind of lighten it. Another thing I found was um, from Penn Behavioral Health Corporate Services on using humor in the workplace. And um, they talked about how it can help 
people think more creatively, and if an employee is stuck on a problem, that a good laugh can help them clear their mind of the negative thoughts and return to that issue with a fresh, more positive outlook. And how humor can build self-confidence in people, making people less afraid to make mistakes, and help people regroup from a negative event. You certainly want to you know, temper that depending on what the negative event is. But um, I think those are some really useful concepts. Oh, definitely. So, Sue, based on Charlie, what, what he mentioned about him using uh, deliberate humor, and that's his style because not everybody's, uh, you know, uh, born with a, you know, uh, funny bone, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now, <laughs> if suppose... Suppose you, you, you cannot be comic and not be fluid at the same time. If you're deliberate, then people can see from a mile away and they'll say, okay, this person is trying to use it deliberately. And then you, on the other hand, are trying to also develop a culture. So I'm trying to connect it back to the culture question I asked that mm-hmm. if you are at the top and you're not the only one responsible, number one, you have to in, be inclusive and ask those people, what does mm-hmm. it mean for them to be uh, having a culture of fun and humor and laughter. Mm-hmm. What what are what are the workers saying? This is our perspective, but what are they saying? Who are actually going to be part of the culture? So, what do they think of leaders who are trying or trying actually, too hard? Both. I'd say, what do they think about what that culture should look like? What mm-hmm. should be the boundaries versus mm-hmm. us saying that this is what we think and this is what should be adopted? Yeah. You know, I, I would just go back to what I said about leaders have to be genuine, real, and accessible. And I take that as some of the highest compliments when I get that. I did a panel last week with uh, five other CIOs at a health IT conference, and, um, you know, we covered a range of topics. Um, and a couple people came up to me afterwards and used those words. You're very real and genuine, and they appreciated that. So, you know, leaders are real people. And um, we have to feel comfortable in our own skin when we're working with people, talking in front of large groups. And people can tell that, and I think that they look for that. I'll give you just another example. We're going through some organization changes here, and we will have a new leader for the clinical enterprise who's been here for many years. Um, People know him, but my staff hasn't interacted with him that much. I had him come to our all-staff meeting on Monday and really lay out, you know, why we're making the changes, the vision, um, and how it impacts us. And his talk was done in less time than we thought. We had over a half an hour for Q&A and with, you know, 500 people in the room. I often don't get much Q&A. People are hesitant. And we, we went that full time with lots of great engaging questions from my staff for both that new leader of the clinical enterprise and myself. And checking with some people later, I got very positive feedback on his talk and how accessible he was and how open he was. Again, those words. Uh, they didn't feel like he was holding anything back and answering his questions. And, and uh, I think it set a very good tone. So, so the person was accessible and the person was genuine and he was forthcoming. Was mm-hmm. humor playing any role in that? You know, at times. Uh, I can't remember anything in particular, but it wasn't all serious, serious. Okay. So, so let me come back and, and reinforce a point that I made earlier. Uh, in some respects, you've, you really have to earn the right to use humor. And, you know, the, the, the circumstances that were just described uh, is a perfect uh, example of doing the things necessary 
to earn the right to inject humor into the workforce. Uh, you know, people will will look at both of these individuals as as serious people, uh, and humor just becomes part of of who they are. Uh, so uh, I think that was a a very nicely uh, done. Uh, uh, example of of earning the right to be able to use humor. So, Charlie, to that, uh, what do you think? Because you mentioned that you, you may not have that funny bone in you, but do you think that is at least you think as as a worker now, like a person who's working in the in the bigger organization? There are a lot of people who may have a fear that they are not funny, or they may have a risk of offending someone, and they are being cautious. But then that makes them also. Uh, and that could be just a stigma or a reservation they may be holding, and that may not truly be the case, and then they may not use humor as much, which in turn will negatively contribute towards how they are seen as being more approachable, someone who can be a team player, and also perhaps their productivity. So so how do we get people perhaps to have a line drawn around them to say, don't cross this line in terms of humor, but don't think that you are good for nothing? Well, so uh, first of all, I'll come back and I say, I'll say, I think everyone has a sense of humor. Everyone mm-hmm. can inject uh, humor, laughter uh, into the workplace. I say that with some trepidation, uh, you know, because in, in IT, we all have people that really prefer to work, you know, with their door shut, the lights turned off, and just, uh, you know, bathe in the glow of their, of their monitor. Uh, so, you know, we do have a stereotype of uh, an IT worker that is, you know, maybe more antisocial than you would see in a marketing uh, uh, department. But what I found in IT is all of our folks have uh, a sense of humor. And, and what I think is important is that you develop an organizational culture that, that sets norms of behavior that give people a safe way, a safe place, uh, to express humor uh, when they feel it's necessary. And, and I, I will also say we all have people in our organizations who use pro- humor inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Everything they do seems to be taken as a, a joke, and, and you don't have the seriousness that you would like. That typically uh, gets dealt with by the social norms that are that, that grow up in the organization. So that's... Those are a couple of observations I have about your question. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the the ways with which people can feel comfortable using humor with their bosses and, uh, and not just their peers. Because, of course, with bosses, they feel that anything we do, we have to be super cautious because it might cost us our job. How do you make that happen and how do you develop that along the chain of command? within an organization. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. 
Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh uh, so when we are talking to our peers, of course, we feel that there is no risk, if you will. And yes, we have to be careful. But with bosses, I think that changes quite a bit because our job is on the line every time we communicate, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. that's how we feel. How do you? Mm-hmm. How do you? I mean, of course, there is there are two two directions here. One is how does a leader or a manager make their people comfortable? But then how does an individual? Uh, make that happen where they're able to enjoy that humor because that is also going to break the barriers. Mm-hmm. So I think it, you know, it, it, it certainly depends on your boss's style and what the relationship is. And I think that the strongest relationships are those where you can make some kind of personal connection. And that's whether it's with your boss or a peer or someone who works for you or your staff, um, talking about their kids, their families, their hobbies, you know, you, you name it. Really getting to know people you work with in a genuine way can help build positive working relationships and allow you to be that much more effective together. And I think that humor and funny stories can be a part of that. I'm going to give you two examples, if I can, uh, both where it would be um, a situation with someone and their boss. So in one example, I was the boss, and we had um, all of our managers, we've got about 50 managers in um, my IT department, take a communication style tool called from uh, a place called Straight Talk. And then we, you know, we did the survey, everybody got their style, and then at one of our meetings, we had a facilitator who shared the results with everybody, you know, how many people were of the di- each different style, and then we broke out into, you know, separate groups, um, people with our like style and, and had to try to communicate with people with different styles. And uh, I made a joke openly in front of everybody that one of my executive directors had had said to me, well, your style is probably dictator. <laughs> And um, I said that openly, and I said, but it's not. My style is actually diplomat, according to this survey. But people were surprised that I would make a joke like that or that that direct report to me would even say something to me like that, like, you're probably dictator style. But it was all in fun, um, and we were okay with it. Um, The other example I'll give you is that we have a daily leadership huddle now at the hospital, um, and we the beginning of the huddle is what we call 10-second follow-up on action items from previous huddles. And one of our hospital leaders, who's a very serious Michigan State University Spartan fan, and I, you can imagine there is a huge rival, 
rivalry between uh, MSU and the University of Michigan. Um, and it was a few days after the University of Michigan lost to MSU in the last 10 seconds, if you remember that game, uh, if you follow college football at all. And she was called on for her action update, and her response was, certainly, we Spartans can do anything in 10 seconds. And everybody laughed. <laughs> and then she gave her update, and when she was done with her you know, serious action update on the issue, our CEO who runs the huddle, and he's a diehard Michigan fan, and he signs his emails often with Go Blue, he just took it all in stride and said he was glad to provide to provide something for them to laugh about. So it was, I mean, it was an important moment there um, in a serious meeting, but and it was short and it was fine and nobody was offended. So that that's a, that's a great like you know two way example of how it was done. So would you, what would you think Sue was the mindset at that time for the worker who went ahead and said something outright to the boss? Was that the boss? created that environment that they are more approachable and they are more immune to such, such a, not an attacks, but comments? Um, I think so. And it wasn't, it, it, the person who said, you know, certainly Spartans can do anything in 10 seconds is one of our um, hospital leaders who, who also reports to the CEO. And um, she's new in the last year. I don't know how strong or good their working relationship is, but, you know, we saw humor used effectively and uh, everybody was fine with it. All right, great. So, uh, so Charlie, coming to the to humor getting misconstrued as a distraction or frivolity, how how do you know if that person is truly wasting time versus taking a break or, you know, bringing some fun into their daily lives, which otherwise could be mighty, uh, you know, where a lot of effort is being put in every day by them? Well, so that's a, you know, a fundamental management question. You really have to keep your eye on on the outcomes that you're working towards. Uh, I find that most of the folks that where I've had to deal with people in the past that uh, were using humor inappropriately or or frivolously or to the point that it was distracting to the team, uh, that gets surfaced by other team members pretty quickly, uh, and it becomes the responsibility of the manager. Uh, to deal with it appropriately, and of course, it's a it's a fine line. You don't want to uh, to snuff humor out of the organization by having an, an overreaction. Uh, but at the same time, if if other people are not able to do their jobs uh, effectively, uh, if the, it affects the, the the productivity of the individual or, or the team, uh, you've got to recognize it and you've got to act on it. And so, so when you when you go out and try to set the tone of the organization, mm-hmm. how do you how do you somehow convey that okay, humor is acceptable, in fact, welcome, but then a certain set of behavioral patterns will be seen as a sign of distraction because everybody could have a different benchmark. Mm-hmm. How do you create that pervasive? Uh, uh, basically, a way of interpreting how when when are they crossing the line? Not in terms mm-hmm. of what they say. But how much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard question. Um, 
uh, in terms of setting the tone and, and not crossing the line. One way, you know, let's use a very concrete example. People do a lot of presentations, right, uh, in meetings or in large groups. Sometimes they're for, you know, reviews and make updates and making decisions. Sometimes they're just, you know, broadly informational. People also do email all day long, right? These are both places where you can appropriately or inappropriately insert some humor, right? And, you know, what I would guard against is, um, and, you know, an, an example of someone um, who for quite some time in her email signature had a really um, kind of funny yet sarcastic photo image and quote. And I finally, as a professional woman <laughs> and leader, sent her a note saying, here's the way that comes across and you might want to think about taking it out because this is, this is how it comes across to people. So I was trying to give her some gentle guidance. It doesn't work for me, totally different department. Um, and I think that we as leaders have a responsibility to kind of call things out when we see them and help guide people. So that was an example. You know, another example is um, how people can use um, images and quotes and humor within um, presentations. And if it's helping make the point uh, and get across something versus just inappropriate or a distraction, you got to kind of find the line between those two as well. So what you just so shared you, is basically in a formal communication. So yeah, I'll, I'll come to Charlie. Mm-hmm. I just had a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Is uh, how do you take this beyond a presentation where you know there's a, a canned set of slides and, and specific messages to be conveyed? Mm-hmm. Well, so, so I want to come back and, and, and follow up on the question you just asked. Okay. One of one of the things that I think makes that question so difficult is that is that there is no line. The, the line <laughs> between appropriate and inappropriate is has to be viewed in the context of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So so even a, a very healthy um, uh, humor in the workplace, uh, there are times where that may be inappropriate due to the the. Um, the seriousness of what's being discussed, or the uh, you know the the circumstances you're dealing with uh, at the time, and and I found that that many of the folks that really have trouble with humor uh, have trouble with doing it in in context where where they make it into a pattern of reacting with humor or injecting humor, and you get into a circumstance where where what was appropriate say, in the normal course of business is now inappropriate because of the unique circumstances you're dealing with. That's a, that makes it a very difficult um, uh, road to navigate uh, in the workplace. So how do you deal with such a person? How do you what? How do you deal with such a person who kind of has his, his funny comment just popping up at the right time? Do you shut that person up? I think you deal with it like you do any um, possible behavior issue. Um, is that you, you know, take them aside and just give them, just give them the really direct feedback. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of being able to give people real time feedback, not in front of others, but pull them aside after the meeting and say, you know, you've gotten some feedback on this before. This example in the meeting was another example of it, and you just need to be more, you know, you need to be more careful about it. Because, I mean, people people don't 
always see what's going on, what they're doing objectively <laughs> as the other person does. And so being able to give them that feedback is important. And I think that um, for anybody, but I think certainly for leaders, um, you can never let your guard down. And when people are in uncomfortable situations or nervous about something, that may be when people let their guard down and start using humor in inappropriate ways or, you know, offhanded jokes at the expense of someone else. Um, and, and you don't want that in your environment. Definitely. So let's take a quick break. Listeners will be right back. And uh, uh, when we come back, Charlie, I'd like to explore what do you do when you are actually hiring people? Of course, you know, these, the, all of these areas are not uh, exposed fully when you are talking to a person in the interview. If somebody shows that they have this tendency to have humor in them and they enjoy fun. Is that truly seen as a black mark or do you think you allow that in? But if you do allow that in, then later on, do you stifle it? How do you, how do you measure up before and after a person has joined the organization? Please stay tuned with listeners. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network hp is proud to sponsor this program find out how the hp as a service solution for sap hana can help you gain instant impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So one is to deal with people who you have hired and now their positive or negative sides about how they use humor in the workplace are exposed and then you manage them. But what do you do when you're hiring someone? Do you actually invite someone who has a funny bone and is at least showing signs that the person will contribute positively towards uh, humor-based culture in the organization, Charlie? Well, so this is a really kind of interesting question. My, My approach in hiring folks that by the time we get to the interview stage, everybody we're talking to is qualified. So I'm no longer looking uh, primarily at whether they can do the job or not. We know by this time they've got the technical skills uh, for for whatever. I focus mainly on uh, the organizational fit, the cultural fit. And, and how they interact with me, how they interact with the, with the teams being interviewed, both in the formal settings and then frequently in the, in the casual settings at a, at a dinner or a breakfast, uh, become very important. And the, the appropriateness of the way they use humor is, uh, is a, uh, definitely a factor in what we evaluate. 
Uh, again, if at this point in time, it's no longer about the technical expertise. It's, it's are they going to, to help you build a high-functioning team? And so you make some judgments about, uh, about culturally how they're going to fit in, organizationally how they're going to fit in. Uh, and then you hope that, that those, uh, those judgments turn out to be correct. Um, as most of us do, once we've hired somebody, there's, I'll, I'll say it's kind of a free period for us as managers. You know, for the first few weeks and months, uh, if we find out we've made a mistake, we need to recognize it early and, and deal with it uh, immediately. And that largely comes down, sometimes it comes down to technical competence, but, you know, as I say, generally that question has already been settled before they get into the interviews. So it really comes down to whether they are, are contributing in a positive way to the organization. And if they're not, you know, I fall back on the old management mantra, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire. If they don't mm-hmm. fit in culturally, if they're inappropriate in their uh, interactions, and, they're, and particularly if they're inappropriate in the, in the way they use humor to, to fit in, those are all negatives that you've got to evaluate very early uh, in, a, in a new employee's tenure. So, Sue, as an interview advice, would you think that any organization which, frankly, wants some humor and laughter and, and uh, in, in that person so that they can be better team players, they're more approachable, do you think that is a trait that you will advise for them to somehow demonstrate it part of the interview, not deliberately, but just by being themselves, or would you caution against it? Well, I think that there's two key words you just said. One is just be yourself. And the other is approachable. So whether it's humor or something else, I think, again, I go back to the being genuine and real and accessible, especially with leaders. That's what you're looking for. I agree with Charlie. By the time you get to the interview stage, a lot of it is about fit with the organization and the team, not about the actual technical competencies. Um, And, you know, you're looking for people that you'll want to work with on whatever the project is. So are they approachable? And you want to, as much as you can in that interview process, see that person's uh, style and interaction. So uh, coming back to you, Charlie, do you think given we work in IT where we have to do more with less and more with nothing and we are usually (laughs) scrambling for resources and we have burnout and everything else in between, do you think there is much left for a person to have the breathing room to actually have humor, or do you even work on that side to give people some breathing room, if you will, to to feel that they are working at a place where, you know, they as human beings can survive and have a little laughter? Well, so I'm going to start with, with uh, one of the things you said earlier. I work very hard to purge the phrase, do more with less, from the lexicon mm-hmm. at Tulane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we really work hard to to change that into we, we do the right thing with the resources that we have. And, and frankly, I'm sorry I'm getting off on a non-humorous topic here, but, you know, I find it offensive to, to my staff, uh, to my leadership style, to assume that anything we're doing is not being done efficiently and effectively. You know, this, this concept that, that we can do more with less because we are, you know, we're not good at our jobs. Uh, you know, we, we really have to uh, push back against that. You know, and if we don't, 
then the way that manifested in our organizations is that it squeezes the humor out of it. That, that you know, if people look at you and saying, you know, you're not good at your job, you just have to do better. You've got to do more than you're doing when everyone is working hard, everyone is doing amazing things. Um, uh, it, it limits the opportunity for humor in the workplace. Now, having said that, you know, we try and set the right tone, uh, and, and, uh, and you find humor in IT all the time. I don't know if you're a, fam, uh, a fan of, um, of Dilbert, but, man, how can, you, how can you look at the environment that we live in and not find humor and, and find uh, ways uh, to express it? Uh, so I don't, I don't see a, a real risk in our business that, that uh, the, the seriousness and intensity of what we do uh, you know, crushes your soul and gives you... Uh, uh, it leaves no room for humor. That's just not our reality. So, so when you look at the overall um, environment that you may have, and you may want to build a subculture, maybe not an organizational level, because perhaps the top management may not be a big proponent of humor, but you yourself might think that, okay, we should have some humor in a workplace because that's going to keep people alive and invigorated. Would you be able to insulate and build your subculture with something like this? Would you propose? Would you propose leaders in IT should do that so that their people, while working hard, also feel that they're living? Absolutely. I think that um, there is a culture to your overall organization, but as you say, there are subcultures, and I have worked hard at trying to change the culture the subculture, if you will, within my IT department since I got here three years ago. Um, I laid out in the beginning what my values and guiding principles were, and I reinforced them all the time with people. Um, I've been told I'm extremely different than my predecessor. There's things that even after a year, they're saying, we're still getting used to you. And I'm like, well, you know, I've been here a year. This is the way I work. This is my style. This is what I expect. Get used to it. So I think you absolutely, as the leader of your part of the organization can establish what you want that culture to be. Hopefully, it is very aligned with the overall organization's culture on all its dimensions. But if there's some things that you want to do more of uh, that you don't see in your overall organization, by all means, um, you should try to figure out how to do that. Charlie, so, so I'll, let me interject a point, a point here. We do have places in our, in our organizations uh, not in the IT shops, of course, but where you know it, it seems like they are more grim uh, and the interactions uh, are less pleasant. And one of the things that I that I try and do with my folks is remind them that the only things they can really control are their actions, and that mm-hmm. they need to very deliberately treat everyone, uh, including each other, with dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. So when you get in these situations where where humor doesn't seem to be possible, you know people can fall back on you know their personal integrity uh, in in ways that preserve the 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 spark of of uh, joy that they have in their in their uh, own workplace by not letting themselves get dragged down by uh, interactions with another organization that may not be as as um, uh, comfortable a working environment. 
On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Sue and Charlie, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations and their leaders can work towards promoting humor and laughter in the organizations. And as leaders, you are able to move all people as one troop towards success. Thank you so much again. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and please be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel.